Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Now, here's Brandon Escott. At least for a little while, Bob, on route to the SAP Center. We'll call it the Shark Tank. That's a lot more fun. And frankly, uh, Edmonton has had the Sharks swirling all season long. Lots of runway left. They trudge forward without Jack Campbell starting tonight. It is Stuart Skinner set to start in goal. It is, uh, again, Brendan Escott with you. Until Bob arrives, uh, we're expecting after the 5.30 news. In the meantime, we will uh, get to some audio from the morning skate. We will also chat with Ron McLean from NHL Hockey on Rogers. His take on what's gone on with Edmonton's goaltending situation really them tripping out of the starters gate as a whole this season we will talk about that uh, Darnell Nurse going to swing through at about 545 or so a brief chat with Bob on the way there and then we'll hear from Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque as well all of this in advance of the meeting between two teams that sit in the bottom of the NHL not just the Western Conference but in the bottom of the NHL standings it's not good and uh, San Jose comes into this one having beaten Philadelphia on Tuesday night 2-1 they don't score a lot of goals you think the Oilers don't score oh boy San Jose does not score goals they're averaging 1.17 I believe is the number it's 1.17 or 1.12 either rate it's it's just over a goal a game so my theory based on that is if you can be the first one to score the second goal of the game tonight or so to say the first one to two goals maybe you've got a chance to to win tonight and I'm not saying turn things around because to me a win tonight should be the absolute bare minimum against a San Jose side that is in the draft sweepstakes for an Oilers team that's supposed to be in the Stanley Cup sweepstakes so we'll break it all down we got a full two hour show then you've got the City Ford face off show coming up at 7 o'clock taking you all the way up to an 8.30 puck drop with Cam and Bob out in San Jose Keep in touch on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. Sunday brunch at the River Cree brings a taste of Italy. Sunday from 11 to 4, find favorites like the tiramisu, French toast, eggs benedictine, and more. Book your table at rivercreeresort.com. Top story today is brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, Get it with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy heating and cooling. Top story for me is the line combinations staying the same as they were yesterday. Meaning, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins all centering separate lines. It's McDavid with Ryan McLeod and Zach Hyman. Leon Dreisaitl with Dylan Holloway and Warren Fogle. You've got Nugent Hopkins with Gagne and Evander Kane. And a fourth line of James Hamblin between Derek Ryan and Raphael Lavoie. On the points, you've got uh, Darnell Nurse and Cody Ceci, uh, Matthias Ekholm and Evan Bouchard and Brett Kulak and Vinny DeHarnay, Stuart Skinner, set to start. But let's go back to the beginning beginning of this McLeod playing with McDavid and Hyman 
You're probably not going to sit there and tell me he's earned it, but I would suggest to you that this should be a jolt. You have to be on your game when you're playing alongside Connor McDavid. So I like the idea there. Let's see if there's something to be jostled from this player. You can see some intangibles. Nobody can skate like McDavid except for maybe Ryan McLeod. So at least he'll be around the same part of the ice as him. Can he think that quickly? That's going to be the determining factor. And then Dylan Holloway, who's sitting on no points through 11 games. And yes, it's tough to produce when you're playing approximately six and a half minutes per game. He'll play with Leon Dreisaitl tonight. So uh, I, I can't picture a better passer on planet Earth, let alone in the NHL, to help Dylan Holloway break the seal as well. So that, to me, is the top story today. Let's get into the audio vault quickly for our friends at Direct Work, where you can check out uh, their new FR Parka with enhanced warming features for only 260 Seventy dollars. That's again at Direct Workwear. Um, McLeod's tough start to the season still sees him up on the top line with McDavid. That's supposed to be a privilege. Jay Woodcroft talking about that today. Yeah. He missed all of training camp, and for a younger player, that's a tough, tough ask. Uh, we've had experience with Ryan before on the wing when I tried to find him ice time when Dave Manson and I first came up. Uh, he's played with both of those players in the past, and, um, you know, I thought I thought that might have been one of Ryan's top games of the year as well. Uh, he found himself in some scoring chances. He didn't score, but, um, you know, we'll see how it plays out here. Woodcroft echoing that sentiment about Dylan Hall. Holloway. Holloway didn't play much. I didn't love the start to his personal game against Nashville. Um, and the plan was give give uh, give him one shift to see what was going on. But, you know, I think if you go back to that, the opening minutes of the, the Vancouver game, Derek Ryan took an elbow right to the nose, broke his nose, blood everywhere. Uh, so it, it accelerated that plan very quickly. But I thought that was... Uh, I thought that was Dylan Holloway's, might be his best game as an Oiler. I know he didn't score, um, but I thought he did a lot of good things. He was all over the chances. Now it's on him to build on that. Uh, and for him to play with Dreisaitl, I think um, there's some natural gifts there that those two can work off of each other. And, and Fogel's a good complement as well to that. Quick thought from Dylan Holloway on playing with those two. The biggest thing for me is just trying to make an impact, uh, whether that's physically using my skating, getting to the net, trying to get shots on net. Um, ideally, I'd like to contribute offensively too, and I think that'll come. Uh, I think we just got to keep working on uh, working on my game and uh, bearing on my chances. There you go. So the nuclear option has been dissolved, at least for the time being, and we know how quickly lines can hit the blender, but as it stands right now, they are uh, breaking it down the middle with McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent, Hopkins, and Hamblin making up the spine of the forward group. We'll press pause on Oilers now, bring it back with Ron McLean from NHL Hockey on Rogers for Century Casino Edmonton. It's Brendan Escott with you for like 20 more minutes, and then Bob's going to join us live from San Jose. 8.30 puck drop tonight between the Oilers and San Jose Sharks. That's Brendan Escott with you uh, for the next 20 minutes, probably less. We expect Bob to be ready to go from the SAP Centre in San Jose after the 5.30 news. In the meantime, let's connect with Ron McLean from NHL Hockey on Rogers for Century Casino Edmonton. Every day is a game day at Century Casino Sports Bar and Lounge. Head to Century Casino on 131st Avenue and Fort Road. Ron, appreciate you taking some time tonight as always. How you doing? 
I'm good, Brendan. I've got an event tonight for the Humane Society in Oakville and Milton, which is a nearby community. But years ago when Jason Strudwick did Battle of the Blades, his partner, Violetta Afanasieva, that was her uh, chosen charity. And she, did, she actually was skating with PJ Stock that year. Uh, but my wife, Carrie, has created a Dancing with the Stars concept called Prancing with the Stars. And <laughs> that's what we're up to tonight here. And then we'll come home and we've got our snacks all set for San Jose and the Oilers. Well, it'll be a late one for sure and a, and a different looking Oilers team now. Stuart, uh, Stuart Skinner set to get the start based on morning skate, uh, but Jack Campbell sort of falling on the sword for a team that collectively has underperformed. What was your reaction when that news broke that Campbell was being waived? Well, both uh, Hubert Oops benching in Calgary and that, uh, you know, they're the two guys that are probably as likable and you know, beloved in the dressing room and everybody kind of cheers for them or media around those teams. And that was one of the first thoughts I had is, uh, you know, I, I do remember saying to Bob Stoffer, a few of the Ontario guys who skated with Jack this summer were wondering, has he found his style? Uh, they said he was working incredibly hard. He's in the shape of his life. Um, but they just wondered if his game was in tip-top shape and they were prophetic because uh, even though he had that brilliant preseason, you know, it just looks like for whatever reason, he hasn't been able to find... Uh, and you know, it's funny too, because I was thinking, Brendan, uh, this reminds us a lot of the 2017-18 Oilers year when they got out of the gate horribly, lost nine of the first 13, like we're 2-8-1 at this point. And that was the year that uh, Cam Talbot was the goalie and played over 60 games and the coach was Todd McClellan. And they're long gone, but look at them now in Los Angeles. So at least in Jack Campbell's case, you can think about Talbot and, and maybe rebuild from here. Yeah, it's a heartbreaking scenario because of who he is as a player, certainly, right. or because of who he is as a person, I mean to say. Um, and, and the struggles that we've seen, as you mentioned, Ron, I mean, we've seen Campbell specifically in, in both Toronto and Edmonton struggle to gain traction, and now Huberdeau in, in Calgary. So the, the pressure of a Canadian market, you, you talk about, it and and I think we kind of lose in translation maybe sometimes what it actually means but it's a very real thing and I think we're seeing it this season quite uh, quite evidently and it's really a product of the salary cap isn't it I mean the the Canadian teams uh, you know you go back 20 years ago the top salary guys in the NHL were Forsberg and Yager were at 11 million and now it's McDavid and McKinnon who are at 12 million but if you take escrow into account they're both the same as 20 years ago and Burry and Fedorov and Keith Kachuk and Nick Lindstrom those guys all made over 10 million dollars now you think about Eugene Melnick bought the Ottawa Senators 20 years ago he got the Sens and the building for 93 million dollars or 92 million dollars and now Andlauer just bought the team for a billion so the owners are doing great but but they're not doing great in the sense of having the space to be able to work with their stars and that you know I mean Colorado did it uh, so you can't say it can't be done uh, but you, it is really a challenge to, to work. Most of the ways that it's getting done, it seems to be the long-term injury to the rescue. Um, you know, with uh, in the case of uh, Landeskog at Colorado and Kucherov over in Tampa and then Stamkos. But it's a the cap has been a real challenge for teams who have uh, the great players. So when you go back to Gretzky and Messier-led Oilers, it's a different situation altogether. Chatting with Ron McLean right now for Century Casino Edmonton. And yeah, it's, uh, it's a wholesale issue that isn't going to be resolved by one move, probably not even two. Uh, but I wonder if this limits the options or how many moves they're going to be able to make. If you truly want to upgrade the goaltending, it's going to cost you, Ron. But you're 
general managers had on with me for a second here. We talked with Elliot yesterday about some of the potential options out there. Is there anybody uh, that you see as a logical fit, solution, or even just a logical next step beyond this well, for Edmonton? I- I would give Pickard a good look. You know, I just mentioned Talbot and how great he's playing right now at the age of 36. What is Pickard? 31, I think. Um, but, you know, he's a, he is a proven commodity. And, and sometimes it's just, uh, you know, that perfect cocktail. Jordan Binnington, he rescued the St. Louis Blues, who were in last place, as you know, on New Year's Day. And uh, Alex Lyon, he rescued the Florida Panthers last year. They were in the tank, and it was him that got them out, even although Bobrovsky carried the load come playoff time. And when Daryl Sutter had Calgary, they were really struggling. Uh, in the year that they brought in Mika Kippersoff, who he knew from his days in San Jose. And obviously the Oilers in 06 went and got a 35-year-old in Dwayne Rolison. So I, I would say give Pickard that shot. Uh, you know, I know Skinner's going tonight, but uh, he, either as a as somebody to settle Stewart down or to play himself, I think that's a really good decision by Ken Holland. And, you know, he went through it when he brought in Mike Vernon to kind of chaperone Chris Osgood. Holland was very high on Aussie. But he knew he needed a guy that had won a cup. Their their sort of philosophy was back then in Detroit, and Vernon's going into the hall this weekend, as you know. Uh, who's going to play this first round against the St. Louis Blues? They got Grant Fuhr over there. Uh, we got, we can't throw a young 22-year-old Osgood to Grant Fuhr. And if he wins that one, then he's got to face Patrick Waugh, Colorado. <laughs> so they thought Vernon's a guy to, to sit. You know, and that's playoff talk. But But I do think it's a... You know, it's a good idea to bring in a guy like Pickard in this situation. Nothing to lose. Uh, after that, if you're looking at guys uh, that I'd be, I do like your, I think it was you that suggested Carter Hart, Brendan, but they say they're not doing that. I'd still think that would be a go-to for me to try and pursue. I think New Jersey, they've got, uh, would they move that Schmid? I don't know. But uh, Akira Schmid might be a guy that you could pluck if they decide Vitek Vanacek's their guy. And if it's not, then go after Vanacek as a possibility. And I like Archer's... Uh, Salovs in Vancouver uh, is another guy that it's hard to trade within your division, really hard. But, you know, you'd never know if you could work something to get a guy like that because, let's face it, the you know, the Oilers got Demcoat. They really did. Uh, Vegas felt it a couple of years ago. Other teams have. Um, you can't, I mean, there, there was so much positive effort in that game. I, I know both Holloway and uh, Dreisaitl got caught in uh, defensive role coverage. You know, like you said, you know, they've been trying this new system and you know, there's a lot of finger pointing, not in terms of blame, but just you can see guys pointing on the ice trying to figure out who's got who. Yeah. Uh, and they got caught a little bit early, but but later on their effort to stay in that game was uh, fantastic and you can't deny the start. I mean, Demko made nine saves in two and a half minutes and the shots at one point were 19-2, to two, so... It's there are signs of a turn. There really are. Whether whether people are ready to accept that or not, I, I bet you you will see it. And schedule is kind of favorable here. Although saying that, I'm rambling here, but saying that, as you've also said, San Jose's kind of got one in the bank. And you know you hate to play those teams at the end of the year that have nothing to lose. And some of these teams that are already out of it uh, can be a, a thorn in the paw. But I, I think Edmonton's due to to turn it right now. Yeah, I think so too. The law of averages at some point when you're throwing. F- 35, 40, 45 shots a goal, or pardon me, a game on goal, like something has to break. They've been Lankinen, they've been Wedgwooded, they've been <laughs> Demko, yes. it, it seems to happen a lot. We saw them get those stalled last year in mid-December, so I think that that's probably the biggest issue that the fans have is it, it happens to Edmonton an awful lot. But Ron, I, I would suggest that that's a result of these teams seeing Edmonton as, as the contender that Edmonton saw themselves as, and they're bringing their best game each and every time they they either come to Edmonton or host Edmonton. 
totally agree with that, Brendan. I used to see the Winnipeg Jets go from uh, you know a legitimate team because they had Howard Chuck and they had six thirty goal scorers. They were hard to beat, but then Winnipeg would uh, you know start to get full of expectation the next year and they'd slip back down because teams were ready for them. Um, teams are really ready for Connor McDavid, sixty four goal guy, and uh, they're ready for Edmonton because of what you just said. So they have to play with that and they have to learn to play with that, and I think they will. We'll wrap up with uh, a couple more questions here for Ron McLean. We chat with him each week for our friends at Century Casino Edmonton, who did a great job hosting us a couple of weeks ago. A lot of fun to uh, to see Ron in person there, certainly. Uh, Bob sent a tweet out earlier today referencing the trade last year that uh, it did send Tyson Berry out of town, of course, as we remember, but part of that was elevating Edmund, Evan Bouchard into Edmonton's uh, power play role. And when you see Campbell now in the minors, a clear opportunity for Stuart Skinner to really uh, take the role in the ownership of, of that lead position, Bob was suggesting, like they wanted Evan Bouchard to do on the offensive side of things, you know, um, last year, I would suggest. So do you, do you see a similar um, maybe kicking the pants, I guess, for a, a player, a prospect, uh, someone that they're expecting to take another step this year? Well, you know, when they tried to get their power play sorted out uh, recently at Louis DeBrusque, and I believe you guys both touched on it as well, you know, get it back to Bouchard and let him rip. Uh, one of those blasts, the Bush bombs, because he's got that. And and I don't think um, I don't think anybody watching Edmonton right now feels that McDavid's 100% or Ekholm's 100%. So when those two guys aren't at 100%, you know the the trickle down of that is is immense, and it it affects Bouchard or any but Deharnay, any of the guys that are trying to make their name and are trying to do a little extra. You know that can really there's no cover up for you all of a sudden. And when Stuart Skinner, as all goalies, you know Tom Barrasso went to Rochester his second year after he won the Calder as Rookie of the Year and the Vesna that year. He came in like a house of fire and won over 40 games. But he had to go down to Rochester and sort of get sorted out. And Grant Fear, after his great rookie season, he had to go down to the Moncton Alpines. So it's not uncommon for that sophomore situation to happen to a, a guy like Stuart Skinner, and he'll be fine. And then McDavid and Ekholm will get better and better and better. And once they're, you know, clicking, I think you'll see uh, Evan Bouchard is a uh, is all that you know he is. He's he's a he's a dynamite shot. He was a great two way guy when he played for the London Knights. He was captain of that team. So again, he's for me, he can't miss. And it's just a matter of, uh, you know, perfect cocktail right now. Unfortunately, against the Oilers, but it's not going to last. <laughs> 